Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I'd like to welcome my guest to the show today, Virgilia from VV Global Partners. Hello, Virgilia. How are you? And welcome to the show. Happy Monday. What a fantastic beginning of the year. And I'm so delighted to be here, Sean. Thank you for inviting me. Awesome. We're really excited to learn more about your business and your expertise. Before we get into that, if you don't mind, tell our audience a little bit more about your background and how you got to where you are today. So in case you wonder about my accent, I'm originally from Romania. I studied in Germany. Now I live in the United States. So I'm sort of a global citizen. I'm fluent in four languages. So English is my fourth language. Bear with the accent. So um, I moved to the United States over a decade ago. And um, I initially started in working for a German consulting company, Siemens Management Consulting, pretty prestigious, until I had the opportunity to meet fashion designer Norma Kamali, the extraordinary Norma Kamali, who truly took me in and, and, and you know, really looked after me to learn about fashion because coming from an ex-communist country, we did not have access to much information. So I started to work with her. I still wear her clothes. I think she's amazing. And then from there, I continued. I moved on with Versace for five years. After five incredible years with Versace, by the way, I'm still close with most of the people I used to work with. Uh, because I value relationships very much. I um, ended up meeting Damon John via Facebook. So I was in his office working with him for quite some time. And then Dolce & Gabbana offered me the amazing opportunity to become their brand ambassador, representing them at Saks Fifth Avenue. So that was another five years experience that truly impacted the way I think, impacted, had a strong impact in my career, especially understanding what it entails to run a business, right? Because we always think that fashion is fabulous, is the clothes, is the luxury, the romance of it. But what truly impacts the world on a global scale when it comes to fashion is its ability to create change by generating you know, opportunities for people to work, to get compensated, and obviously contributing to the global economy substantially, shall I say. Um, I started Vivi Global Partners market research and also working in Silicon Valley with some software companies. Yes, I'm passionate about tech and helping them to forge strategic partnerships with some world-renowned beauty magnets and fashion. So that was Vivi Global Partners definitely came as a response to my experience in corporate and also diving into entrepreneurship. I'd say that's a very, uh, very fascinating background. I have about a million questions, as you can imagine. And I will share that Recently, a few months ago, I was I spent time in France and Italy, got to experience Milan and Paris and what the cities have to offer with all the designers and just being immersed in the world of fashion there. And it was just super interesting. I've learned as much as I can over the years, but I'm sure what I know is no match for your level of expertise. <laughs> We all learn from each other. You know, that's the beauty of, of interacting with amazing individuals. It's it's all about connecting the dots and learning. Each of us comes from different backgrounds and experiences, and that's why we are here. I'm learning from Great. you today. So. Well said. Uh, thank you for sharing your background. And before we kind of, as we dive into our topic, which is more business development, marketing related in terms of what strategies have worked best for your business. I'd love to learn more about your business. So can you tell us a little bit more about what VV Global is, who your customer is, the problems and challenges you solve for them, anything related to that would be great to talk about. 
Sure. So branding is definitely my great passion. It's, it's my life to a large extent. And I would say after studying branding strategies and branding agencies for over a decade, I identified a void in the market. When you think about large companies or even smaller scale companies, when they hire a branding agency, they handle internally their business model, their business operational model, work with their teams, and then they outsource the branding strategies to a company, right? There is a problem here. And I was able to, I did very detailed research. And I would say I credit Dolce & Gabbana for teaching me that, that having a powerful branding and marketing strategy in place without coordinating the dots and aligning very precisely the branding strategies with the business model and business strategy, you don't have a business model that is actually highly rewarding and incentivizing and offering strong um, revenue at the end of the year or quarter or so. So with VT Global Partners, our initiative is to align three main pillars, three core pillars, business strategy, and identifying precisely how we can optimize business models, the operational models, so recreating and redesigning if it's necessary. And typically it is, right? Because we always want to take ourselves to the next level as a company or personal brand. Then the next step is identifying what brand strategies we can generate that align specifically and precisely to support the business model and work together with the teams. And the third element that I feel very, very passionate about is forging strategic partnerships. Non-competitive strategic partnerships having have been a strong driving revenue for over a decade. But I would say post-pandemic, we are seeing more and more um, non-competitive brands partnering and truly shocking the world. And I would say the most impactful to date, I feel, and maybe I'm a bit biased because I love Kanye West, is the partnership that has been announced a couple of days ago between Gap, um, Kanye West, um, and the, the clothing line will be engineered by Balenciaga, by Demna Vlasi. Now, the interesting part is that Kanye took, obviously, a chance with Gap and his hoodie was just selling out so quickly. But bringing a high-end fashion designer and a powerful fashion brand into the mix, now it creates that synergy that initially H&M started with Karl Lagerfeld a few decades ago, I believe about maybe 15 years ago. So it's very interesting to see how strategic partnerships, especially now post-pandemic, can not only impact change and help people to think out of the box and brands take themselves to the next level in terms of their vision, but even more so creating very strong revenue for all the parties involved and creating communities, because now more than ever is about creating communities. So I would say that's where VV Global Partners is gearing towards. It's ambitious. It's not easy. I do have a couple of strategic partners, obviously, that help with business strategy and financial advice and so on. But that's the direction I'm going into, Sean. Thank you for sharing that. Super helpful to know. Pillars were very interesting, in particular that last one, which I'd love to hear more about, is forming those non-competitive strategic partnerships. Because as you had mentioned that I caught, you talked quite a bit about how that's generated quite a bit in activity and revenue. And that's really what we want to learn more about on this show so we can share it with others and they can learn as well. But uh, before we kind of get to that, I'd love to learn more from you in terms of who you consider kind of your customer of your services to be and the problems and challenges that you help them solve with those three pillars that you talked more about. And then I'd love to hear more from you about where the activity comes from, what you invest in, and what the ROI looks like from the perspective of finding more of them that you can help. Thank you. So yes, I uh, initially, prior to starting VD Global Partners, I had a different 
different company. And I was working diligently with tech companies in Silicon Valley. And um, during pandemic, I identify a very interesting direction. I started to uh, interview on Instagram Live lots of influential individuals. And somehow, because everything was health related, I tapped into working with beauty, wellness, and medical uh, experts more and more. And then three clients came along, and then the fourth client came along. And somehow, I just started to work with a lot of um, wellness centers here in New York City and doctors. I started to interview them for different publications and on my Instagram live. And there I say that wellness was always a great passion of mine. The first thing I did when I moved to the United States, I went to personal training school to get certified. And I was training people at Equinox just because I'm passionate about wellness. So it did not come out of nowhere. It was something that I felt passionate about for a long time. However, Ever, the more I started to work with doctors and benefit from their knowledge, I realized, wow, I really want to make an impact in the field. So I would say at this very moment, I focus very much on working with beauty, wellness, and the medical um, field. I'm also having a very beautiful partnership in terms of business strategy with a former NFL player. And we are diving into understanding how to create and make an impact in the field by bringing together medicine, uh, sexual wellness, wellness, healthy living, um, athletic uh, athletes, right? And, and, and living a life that means nourishing your body from inside out, um, eating a certain way, exercising a certain way. So I would say that's the direction. And I'm very passionate about sports. So sports will be definitely a big part of my work. Now, I would say if I can highlight a project that I feel very, very passionate about, about and for everyone who will go to my Instagram, you'll notice the new sexual wellness program that we are working on in collaboration with world-renowned doctor, Dr. Dalal Akouri, and my client Rebalance, which is a, a integrative medicine center here in New York City. That's an interesting project because we are trying to educate the public what it entails to have you know, to lead a healthy lifestyle. Intimacy is certainly a huge part of, of feeling like you have the best quality life possible. So this is something I feel very passionate about. Actually, I'm hosting a room on Clubhouse every Monday at seven o'clock on the topic with my guests. I feel passionate about this. And again, I feel passionate about educating the public through my clients, what it entails to maintain a youthful and healthy appearance. And again, from inside out to create the best version of yourself. So I would say this is something I work on. I have a couple of fashion brands who capitalize on sustainability, uh, uh, very environmentally friendly that I work with. So let's say beauty, wellness, medical field, I would say is my area. Um, and now, Sean, you asked me how I find my clients. I'm very active on social media platforms. You and I actually connected on LinkedIn. Um, so I would say I was looking at my phone. I spent about eight hours a day in and out on social media. I feel that utilized properly social media can be a tremendous tool, not only in educating ourselves, even more so in forging strategic partnerships, meeting people connecting, right? So that's that's how I would say most of my clients come from. And of course, referral. So well said. And thank you. Um, I have more questions about both. First, I'd love to ask, because I've seen the strategy leveraged successfully elsewhere as well, too, where people like you and I, when we're building the value proposition for our respective businesses, we want to think in terms of how specific can I get with who I can help? 
And it sounds like as you describe, you know, medical wellness, the areas in which you specialize, which have much in common, and it makes it obviously easier to talk about who you've helped previously, when you're having conversations about who you can help next. And if they're in the same space, it makes it a lot easier to connect the dots for them. It sounds like as part of that process, the specialty for you kind of developed organically, where you started helping people, connecting with people, networking with people, meeting them, and then having conversations about what you can help them with. Before you knew it, you started to kind of develop a pattern of progress or success with a particular niche, as you've described it, right? Obviously, you did, you know, it was a passion for you. You had researched it and gained expertise in it. But then as you started to have successful engagements with individuals in that particular industry or that vertical, then that's an area where you looked to continually specialize. Would you say that's accurate? And is that something you'd recommend for others as well, too, that are trying to figure out, you know, how do I get more specialized with what I can do and who I can help? I believe, Sean, the first, um, and I spoke about it actually this weekend at an event, the first element I would capitalize on when I'm looking whether I'm an organizational brand or personal brand to connect with others and sell my services is creating a very powerful um, digital business card. And digital business card is our LinkedIn, our Instagram, our Facebook, if you have Facebook, our Clubhouse, Twitter, wherever platforms you are using. I believe that it's still being underestimated how much impact the type of content we put out there has on the type of relationships we are building. Sometimes you have one second to make an impression. So everything you put out there, whether it's a comment under someone's picture on LinkedIn or video, or it's a video content of yourself, ensure that that's the best representation of yourself. That's why I teach personal branding. I teach how to present, how to create content strategy. It's very important, not random. You have to plan it in advance. You have to be very intentional. Every month, If let's say your goal is to acquire 10 clients, identify precisely who your client is, how much money do they make? Where do they live? Look at their Instagram accounts, their social media platforms. How do they interact? And you get a strategy in place, an engagement that speaks volumes about why, how you could add value to that particular consumer. So it has to be very well packaged to begin with. You have to know in mind how much your services are, because depending on how the services are structured, you know exactly who to reach out to. I have a rule of reaching out to 30 people a day or 30 brands a day, organizational brands, of course. I would say that's about 210 contacts a week. If you make a couple of connections, the chances are that you can establish perhaps a Zoom call or call. So I would say being very intentional with the presence, you have your digital business card, as I call it, with the value proposition as well. What is it that you offer? You have to be very clear in what you're offering because everyone is literally, I feel like, almost harassing people online. I'm getting so many emails on LinkedIn. I'm upset actually lately. I'm like, do I have to block people on LinkedIn? So be very mindful. Don't generate those automated messages. People will know, right? Personalize your approach. Very important. Now, when it comes to uh, our avatar and who our ideal customer is, that can change also, right? Because sometimes we start to work with a certain group and we realize maybe that's not necessarily my customer. We are allowed to change. That's evolution, right? But at the same token, you have to be very self-aware of what you have to offer. Um, And again, just be intentional with your content, with the way you address people, right? Very important. Follow-up techniques. A lot of people email once and then they email 10 more times. 
And at that moment, desperation doesn't sell. People don't want to buy your service or your product. It's about building relationships. And building relationships is an art, I feel. Sometimes it's not instant gratification. We build a relationship and next thing you know, six months or two years down the line, we have a very productive partnership that is revenue generating. Such a great point. I want to refer back to something you mentioned with the outreach and how it's such a crowded space today. And there's a lot of people, in my opinion, doing that wrong, really just harassing people as you described it online. I've experienced myself. I get a flood of messages all the time. They all look the same. And I don't know any of these folks reaching out to me, yet they're very quick to do what I refer to as, hey, you buy this, where they're just pushing something on me. Like, in what point of our lives does anyone ever approach anyone in that way? And it goes well. <laughs> so it's like, it becomes overwhelming. So you've done a very good job of articulating that scenario as well, too, which I've obviously personally experienced. I'd love to learn more from you here because this is an area where we talk about a lot at Podcast Chef, obviously, because you know part of the value proposition of Podcast Chef is if we build a show around you, instead of reaching out and saying, hey, you buy this or looking like all the rest of the tens of thousands of messages out there, you can start inviting people to be a guest on your podcast like we're doing here. Build a real relationship, right? Like you were talking about. And if there is an opportunity to work together, it's only going to come from being able to build a real relationship, but investing in that relationship, providing with the people that you're connecting with, with something of value and not just a random billboard of, you know, which of this stuff do you want to buy? Because that's a real rough way to start any kind of relationship. So I'd love to hear you talk more about that in terms of what people can do to be more sincere in their outreach, what they can do to offer value as they're connecting with folks. I'd love to hear from you in terms of what's worked for you. Sure. Um, Sean, uh, do your research. I would tell that to everyone. I noticed that most people who reach out to me, they have no idea who I am. They say, hey, we want to help you publish a book. Well, if you would have read my resume, I already have a book out. If you would have known that, now you are not in a position of weakness. You're in a position of power and say, hey, you know, I noticed you wrote a great book. We would love to support you to perhaps write the next one, right? Now, this way, I feel like they, at least they did the research. I would say... Also, do not send random. I know that on LinkedIn right now, we create this automated, you know, the marketing emails. And I get, I would say on average a day, about 30 emails. It's very upsetting to me because I am a very busy person. And I have an assistant, a virtual assistant, but that's not enough. We have to be very mindful. Once you aggress people, they don't want to ever talk to you again, right? You have to be sincere. You also have to be intentional. You don't just send random emails to people. I make a list every week and I say this week, my goal is to reach out to this, let's say 200 people, right? If they did not respond, maybe three weeks later or two weeks later, I might follow up on Instagram. It, typically, I follow up on both Instagram and LinkedIn because some people are more active on different platforms. I was just interacting with someone I admired so much for four years. I met him in person and he said, I mentioned to him, I said, you know, I wanted to work with you. He said, how, how would I know? I said, I met you four years ago. And he said, I never read that email, right? So it's very important to follow up, but in a way that makes people feel like they're important to you not that you want something from them, right? Before you ask for value, offer value. And I always say that, right? It's, it's just, I love to interview people just like yourself. I'm passionate about highlighting greatness in others. Sometimes a small interview like this could lead to maybe myself 
running my podcast to your agency, right? Because we discussed that. You did not approach me to say, hey, Virgilia, we want to build your podcast. You said, let's have a conversation, right? It's very important to make people feel acknowledged and appreciated, right? People are not objects that we sell things to. So I would say the strategy is an art of caring, of having empathy, on really valuing human beings, learning from them, interacting with them, have a call, coffee with them if you're in the same city. I'm a huge fan of having a coffee in person, especially now post-pandemic, we all love to interact in person. So offer something of value before you ask for something in return. Now, um, what I would also like to reiterate, what's very important, consistency. If you follow people on Instagram, I have I would say a group of people that we always support each other. If I have an initiative or I have a webinar and I post about it, they support it. They post comments. Don't think that it gets unnoticed, right? Because if you make the effort, I'll make the effort to support. If you post in your story, if one of your collaborators or business partners or your friends has a beautiful initiative, post it in your story. Don't make your social media platform a monologue. It should be a dialogue. It should be about highlighting others. Um, Sean, somebody asked me once about a month ago, oh my goodness, when I go to your Instagram, it's all these people. Your Instagram should be about you. And I say, my life and my work is about people. It's not only that I love people, I love to help them. So they are part of my world and my work and they should be highlighted there. So again, turn the monologue into a dialogue and you would be surprised how much communities will build around your belief system, your vision and consumers and clients will come and build organically. So I would say there's, there is an aggressive approach when it comes to being intentional, being consistent, following up, which is very important, but at the same token, supporting the people you want to work with as well. I think that's equally important in my view. There's a number of things you said there that I would love to reinforce uh, because I think they do an, an excellent job of communicating something very important in a very good way. The quote you'd mentioned before you ask for value, offer value. Um, I love the social media element being a dialogue as opposed to a monologue. I think that's also very important. Um, And your original point where you mentioned, do your research first, right? I have, I've experienced exactly the same people trying to connect with me and offer something that I probably already have, which is an obvious red flag, right? For you just sending random generic messages to a large group of people. And um, the thing I, I always wonder why people don't do it more is the research doesn't take that much time, but it makes such a significant difference, right? You're trying to stand out. It's not a spray and pray model where I'm just trying to like hit as many you know high numbers as possible. You want real connections, right? So if you put a little bit more effort into a significantly like fewer number of outreach, but the hit rate is significantly higher, you're going to get better results for less effort, right? So, and that's ultimately what you want, right? The goal is not just to hit numbers as in like, I reach out to this many people to try to actually gain that many new real connections, right? And then grow from there. So well said. Yeah. Thank you, Virgilia. Uh, super powerful um, to learn more about your background and experience and what has worked for you. Two questions I have for you uh, before we let you go. The first is what resources would you like to share with our audience where they can go to learn more about uh, yourself or anything that we talked about here today? 
So I am very active on Instagram. I, or I host Instagram live shows two, three times a week. So I do interview beautiful human beings, very unique from different fields of work. So typically, if you DM me on Instagram, most likely within 48 hours, either myself or my assistant will respond on my behalf. Um, LinkedIn, it's a platform that I check daily myself. I spend a couple of hours there as well, mostly myself because I want to interact directly with the community. Um, my website, it's VV Global Partners, is also a tool where you can, it's literally with a click of a button, you can call, you can text, you can email me, you can find my Instagram and all my handles there. Um, Clubhouse, I'm hosting on Clubhouse every Monday, a room on sexual wellness. And perhaps starting February, we will host twice a week in collaboration with uh, pro athletes, um, medical experts. So we discuss different values, also trauma that impacts our sexual wellness as well. So they are it's a very unique room where people from different specialties are contributing. And moving forward, probably starting February, I will also have a room on branding, um, teaching and helping medical experts and also a wellness center um, to have exposure to the newest trends in branding and how they can make, make an impact in the highly competitive market. So I would say those um, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, I'm not as active. I mean, I post, but I'm not as active. And Clubhouse or my website directly. So those are the best ways to reach me. Fantastic. Thank you. We will link to all of them. And is there any particular type of profile that you'd like to share for who should reach out to you uh, in addition to how they should get in touch? I mean, what type of consumer you mean? Yeah. So anybody in terms of uh, folks that you're looking to connect with or uh, the individuals that typically are in need of your services, any type of profile for anyone that's listening in terms of who should be thinking about reaching out to you? Sure. There are two categories. Um, professionals want a beautiful personal brand. It doesn't matter what field of work they come in. I also have clients in real estate and finance because creating a beautiful and, and, and powerful personal brand is for everyone, right? Even if you're a lawyer, I mean, prior to pandemic, it was not as important to have a digital presence. Right now, it's more than ever. So for personal branding, there are no limitations. It's Every professional in any age group that wants to create something very unique, I'm more than happy to support. In terms of business, as I was saying, I prefer, like I operate mainly right now in beauty, wellness, medical field, and fashion, sustainable fashion. But that being said, there are no limitations until my client, actually my real estate client, moved um, to the Caribbean. He was a big part of my work as well for seven months. So I would not turn down anything in the luxury sector because that's my background. I'm happy to collaborate with people who want to um, host podcasts together or they could benefit from my uh, expertise in the line of work as well. So I would say it's always good to stay open-minded. I always respond to anyone who needs support and help. I don't ever not respond. Or if I don't have time, my assistant would send a note. So do not feel shy. Um, you know, it, I think it's all about, again, if you have a question about branding, you can type that in as well. It's not always about hiring me. Sometimes people might simply have a question and I'm happy to interact with you. Outstanding. Thank you, Virgilia. I appreciate you sharing all of that. We'll link to that information in the show notes as well, too. And thanks for being here to share your knowledge and experience with myself and our audience. 
Thank you so much, Sean. And I really love your branding. I love how your background lines up so beautifully with the color of your shirt. Again, talking about personal branding and branding podcast is the new black, the way Anna Wintour would say. <laughs> well said. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have a suggestion for a future episode or you would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at sean at podcastchef.com. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at podcastchef.com. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-C-H-E-F.com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our Podcasting Done For You service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your consulting business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck. Uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.